Oh, God. <laughs> wilding. Scott Kaplan was wilding out there in Vegas this weekend. Wilding, wilding. I don't know what I was doing. I was partying. I was having a good time. I was there at the fight, George Sedano. I was celebrating Mexico with Canelo Alvarez. What a weekend, man. Mm-hmm. Si, celebrando Mexico. Si. So tell me about it. Well, I got to say, George, it was pretty incredible. You know, I, I, I was having tremendous FOMO because I went to Vegas on Friday. And on Friday and Saturday, down at my favorite place, the Del Mar Racetrack, they were having the Breeders' Cup. So I had this terrible FOMO. Like, why did I leave? when I should be at Breeders' Cup to go up to Las Vegas. But I thought to myself, this is kind of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, or so it seemed to me, because I've covered many big fights, but I've always had a press pass on. You know, Never did I go to a fight where one of my best friends is a golfing partner of the champ, and I knew that we could be hanging out with the champ, which was definitely the plan. And so I was like, you know what? I got. I've been to the Breeders' Cup at Santa Anita. I've been at Del Mar. I got to go. I got to go check the fight out up in Vegas. So that's where I was all weekend. And uh, last night was a real mind blow when you're sitting there at Spago, at uh, Bellagio, and you're overlooking the water feature in front, and Canelo Alvarez is hosting a dinner for his golf buddies. Who, by the way, he referenced as soon as the fight was over. Jim Gray was standing there. He's like, "So, Canelo, what do you think?" He's like. Hey, thanks to all my golf buddies from Del Mar for showing up. And they were all going nuts. And I'm like, I'm just a fly on the wall here. But this is the greatest thing ever, that Canelo Alvarez, 31 years old, has all these pals that are his golf buddies who are all a bunch of 50, 60, and 70-year-old guys. And he's got him here at the fight. And there I was, right in the middle of it all. Nice. You, you have like a name drop for the rest of your life now. Total name drop. And I can, I can drop a lot more than just names after this weekend because there were some things that I did in my life that I've – Never done, and I don't know that I'll ever do again. All compliments of being, you know, closely associated with this group. Yeah, why? Uh, why? How did you end up there? I guess it's just the Delmar group. That was it. So I have one of my best friends plays golf with this group every week, and they did a docu series on Showtime about Canelo leading up to the fight. Right. And Canelo is not bashful about showing off his his golf friends. And so all these guys were part of the docu-series on Showtime. And my one buddy, Blair, said to me, hey, look, we got to go to this fight. I said, yeah, you're damn right we got to go to this fight. So because he plays golf with Canelo, there was a group of 20 guys. They all jumped on a plane, all went up to Vegas. We had a you know giant dinner on Friday night, which was really fun. Uh, then Saturday, we all got shuttled over to the fight. As soon as the fight was over, back over to Bellagio, which is where we were staying. We were on the tables all night. Let me rephrase that. They were. I was cheerleading from the sidelines. Right. And then last night, George, this was really amazing. Canelo sets up a dinner for this group. So the dinner was called for 6 o'clock. We got there on time. It was very nice. Canelo and team don't show up until like almost 8. Now, here's where the problem lies. We were planning on flying out last night, and um, some of the guys were like, we're not going to want to leave. We're going to get done with dinner, and we're going to want to go with Canelo to the casino, and we're going to want to play cards all night, and we're not going to want to leave. We're probably not going to leave until tomorrow morning, meaning this morning. Right. And I was like, that's a bad deal for me. i got to get out of here tonight. So I was trying to figure out a solution because the one guy who was the main guy who put the whole trip together, he wanted to stay and play with Canelo, and him and Canelo right. are tight. Right. 
So I said to Canelo's bodyguards, he has a series of security people, as you might imagine. I said, so what does Canelo want to do tonight? And they're like, well, he probably wants to go hang out with his buddies who are here. And I'm like, well, approximately what time? And they're like, well, it depends on how he's doing on the tables. I said, well, look, I, I, I think if I'm Canelo, I want to get out of here earlier. Why don't you guys try and move him around a little earlier? And they're like, what are you saying? I'm like, I'm trying to get the rest of these guys to get on a plane and get out of here. So if we could get Canelo to want to leave with his friends, that would actually help me out a lot. <laughs> these guys were great. They were great. The security team was like, yeah, you know what? It might be time for Canelo to leave. So Canelo got up, left the table, surrounded by his bodyguards, started making his way. And I was like, yo, let's go. We're all out of here. Let's go. We're leaving. Let's go. Everybody get on the bus. We're going on the plane. We're out of here. And that's what happened last night. All right. Well, nice. Congratulations on that. That was fun. And the fight, I mean, listen, he was going to destroy that plant guy. You know what I mean? I mean, this. I don't feel like that was something that well, was like some sort of remarkable accomplishment. No, but I, I did say to Canelo last night when he came into the dinner, we said hello, we shook hands. Such we a great name out. drop. I did say to Canelo last night. Well, I did. I said to Canelo, I said, I said listen, uh, Canelo, congratulations. It was a great win. I go, but dude, you said you'd have this thing done by the eighth round. Yeah. I bet you on the seventh and the eighth. I mean, it was nice that you won, but I lost as right. a result. Yeah. Yeah. So he, it is he, what it he, is. He took that with a sense of humor. But you want to hear something really cool, though, George? What's that? Tell me something that's really cool. I'm going to tell you something super cool about Canelo Alvarez. Mm-hmm. So obviously he's the pride of Mexico, right? Yes. But he takes so much pride in being Mexican. He does. I know. I've had so these I, conversations with him in the past. So we're having dinner, and the chef comes from the kitchen. And the chef is cutting like this this meat. I don't know if it was tri-tip or what it was. Delicious. I, yeah. I didn't ask what it was. Yeah. And there, you got to remember, there's like 35 people in this private dinner that he's Correct. having, Canelo. Yes. Yeah. So the chef asks Canelo, because he's Mexican, the chef, he said, hey, can I take a picture? And, and he told Canelo, hey, I'm from Mexico. And Canelo said, oh, where are you from? They start talking. Canelo goes like this. Hey, 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 everybody. Hey, everybody. Hey, pay attention. Bob, everybody here. So everybody stops talking. And Canelo says... The chef here tonight, he's got his arm around him, you know. The chef here tonight, who runs this great restaurant, this big-time restaurant, this big brand here in Vegas, he's Mexican. And, and Canelo goes, Viva Mexico, right? And everybody's cheersing, Viva Mexico. So, the, so Canelo says to the, the chef, hey, are there a lot of Mexican workers in the kitchen? And the chef says, yeah, there are, actually. Canelo says, great, let's go visit with all of them and take pictures and high-five. Canelo's security team takes him from this private room, walks him into the kitchen where he's now high-fiving and taking pictures with all the guys that are working in the kitchen who are Mexicano. I thought that was such a cool, like, real thing to do. Don't you think that's awesome? Yeah, yeah, I think it's great. Um, I, look, there are athletes out there and famous people, you know, beyond athletes like celebrity types, that are actually nice, normal people, right? Not everyone is like that. Um, but he he certainly seems one of uh, what, like one of them in the – Limited interactions I've had with him in the past. It's fascinating to watch him because you think about boxers, and oftentimes they come from tough parts of town. They've got stories about all kinds of hardships in their life and things that lead them into boxing. I'm watching this 31-year-old kid last night sit there with a bunch of 60, 50, 60, 70-year-old guys, guys who don't want anything from him, guys who've already made their money in life. They just think it's cool that they're friends with the champ. And to see him sit there with all these guys – you know, he's got his buddies, he's got his wife, she's got her entourage of friends, they got a kid with them, you know, their, their baby. But just to see him sitting there with this group of guys, like, these are just my golf pals. 
I just thought it was one of the coolest things, and that's why I went. Now, are you an actual golf pal, or are you no. like a pal of a pal? I'm a pal of a pal, so I don't know Canelo. Right. Last night's the first time I've shook hands, last time I've ever met him, last time I've had a chance to chat with him. Yeah. I'm a pal of a pal. Okay. Yeah, so I was a hanger-on, so man. So you're, was... like, you're like pals with, like, now, is your pal, who's, uh, who's pals with Canelo, and you're the yeah. pal of the pal. Yeah, my buddy are, Blair. Is he, is he like, like, E from Entourage? Is he like drama? Is he like turtle? Like, who is he more like? Um, I guess if you I'd had probably, to pick one of those three. Yeah, I'd probably compare him more to E because he's kind of the business guy. Okay. You know? That's and good. So, yeah, yeah, so if, if, if put it this way, if, if Canelo were Vinny Chase, then I would call my buddy Blair E because he's sort of the business manager smart guy right. of the group. Okay, you know? fair enough. And cool. I was just friends with Blair, who's the E of the entourage. Yeah. And um, I'm telling you, man, it was really, really cool. Yeah, uh, that's, that does sound pretty cool. And, you know, listen, anytime you get to fi- Vegas for a big-time fight, there's just a different feel in the air uh, when you're in Vegas for one of those events. So I, I totally get it. All right, um, now listen, I've, t- I've given you a little bit about my weekend. I saw you schlepping all over the country, NBA games, college football games. Give me, give, Tell me what happened. I mean, it, it really isn't all that exciting. I mean, in the sense of, like, other than just regular work. Like, the game, you know, I had Nick's Bucks on Friday night, so I had to fly to Milwaukee's. why I didn't do the show the last couple of days last week. Um, Milwaukee, not the easiest place to get to. You can't, uh, there are no directs from Los Angeles, which is crazy to me. Sure. Um, but, uh, so I was there, I did a great game. The Knicks were down 20 basically at the end of one and one by 20, which was insane. Um, and then, uh, talked to Derek Rose after the game. What else? Oh, then I had to get up super early to get to Seattle for the, uh, Oregon Washington game to call that on ESPN radio, did that. And then. Uh, by the way, pouring in Seattle. Now, Seattle's a misting type of town, like, when it comes to rain. Mm-hmm. This was, like, pouring. Like, not not just mist. Like, it was crazy. And, like, 30-mile-per-hour winds was nuts. Nonetheless, after the game, I was doing it on radio. My buddy Mark Jones doing it on TV. Um, we both had to sprint to the airport. This You'll appreciate this as someone who uh, has covered football games and done broadcasts and things like that of that nature. The last five minutes on the clock took over 30 minutes. <laughs> and you're looking at it going, am I going to catch my flight? Am I going to catch this damn flight? Because right. the last thing I wanted was, no offense to Seattle, was to stay another night away from my bed in Los Angeles mm-hmm. and not see my wife and kids. Mm-hmm. So um, I told my producer, who is a local, uh, Owen Murphy, great guy. And I'm like, bro, can you get me and Jonesy to this airport in time for us to make the flight? Um, he's like, I'm going to do everything I damn can. So uh, while he's driving in the rain to the airport in Seattle, I decided to direct message Alaska Airlines. And I explained to them, hey, here's my confirmation number. The reason I'm super late to this flight, like late that I'll, I may not get there on time before you close the doors 15 minutes early because it was a 930 flight. So they closed around 915. I said, um, I was doing this game. Here's who I work for. It's in the bio if you don't believe me. Um, and I, <laughs> I, 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 me and my colleague are trying to make these flights and we're doing everything we can. If you can somehow tell them to just kind of hang back for five minutes, it would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> so the lady got back to me, like this lady, Amber, uh, and this other guy named Jordan, they're both were working on it. And they said, we will let them know. We can't guarantee you anything. And, and look, I don't know if it was that or if it wasn't, it probably wasn't. It was probably just luck, but, um, I I am full sprint, okay, like full sprint at the Seattle airport, like running through multiple terminals, okay, because there's only one security line or security gate open, and I get there full sprint, dying, okay, dying, like huffing and puffing. I I ran full sprint 
for, according to my phone, for uh, four-tenths of a mile. Like, full sprint with bags, okay? And uh, I get there, and the lady checks me in, and then the other lady in the jetway goes, are you seat 3D? And I said, I am. She's like, we got the message that you were coming. And I said, thank God. Oh, that's great. That <laughs> so is great. I was the last person. They closed the doors, and then we took off. I'm telling you, dude, I had a, I had an 8, 10 a.m. flight yesterday morning from Vegas uh, on Southwest Airlines. And all I kept thinking about was, I'm not going to sleep tonight. I'm going to be walking through the casino at like 6 o'clock, that lonely walk. I've got my bag with my radio equipment. I've got my backpack with my computer. I've got my clothes that I'm like, you know, pulling along. And I'm like, this is going to be the loneliest, worst thing ever. Then I'm going to get to the airport, get through security. And I have to, by the way, I had to make a layover. I couldn't even get a direct flight. That's how, how packed From up Vegas? the Southwest. Yeah, I know. That's how packed up the Southwest flights were. And thankfully, my buddy Blair, who I mentioned to you, you know, Bro, I was just sort are you of there. serious? Hold on a second. Yeah. During the break, remind me to give you a little life hack to Vegas, okay? Okay, I would love that. That'd be great. All right, let's just let's just do that on the, during the break. But all I know is this. He said to me, he goes, there's good news. There's a seat for you because somebody else who was with the group left early. So I was able to get on the MGM plane last night. George, been very, very lucky to be on a private plane in my life, okay? Never in my life did I ever think I'd be on a private plane. I don't come from any money of any kind. My parents have never been on a private plane, et cetera, et cetera. I've been lucky to be on a private plane. Last night, the MGM flew us home on a plane that would normally, if it were a commercial airliner, have 99 seats. This plane last night had 19 seats in it because they fly around the world picking up big money guys to bring them to Vegas so that they can take their money from them. And so, thankfully, I was able to fly on that thing last you, night. You, you hitched a ride, basically, with your buddies who won a lot of money. 1,000% hitched a ride with a bunch of dudes who took a lot of money out of that place. I'm talking stacks of cash. The kind of cash that I was looking at going, gosh, I could buy a new house with that. Yeah. yeah. Like, no exaggeration. Like, I could legit buy a nice new house with that money. Yeah. And then you didn't have to worry about the, uh, you know, the... the all the issues you have with your current house yeah, where you're not right oh. at the moment because there's yeah, so don't many ask. issues at the moment. Don't uh, all right, well, that sounds fun. Uh, good for you. That sounded like a blast. It was a blast. Good for you, man. Basketball, college football, schlepping around the country. Great job, man. Schlepping. A lot of schlepping. A lot of schlepping. And a lot of sprinting, apparently. Um, good and yes, to Chris's point, I did 49 push-ups. On, on the plane. I did decant on the plane. I had a lot of water first because I, mm -hmm. I was parched from all the sprinting. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I said, uh, I need one tall glass of red wine ma'am and uh and she brought it so not me go. man i'm gonna try and not drink now for about the next year or two after this week yeah that's probably not gonna happen so no. anyway but, man, uh, but oh, man. what will happen is that kiki is gonna give us traffic here in a second by the way coming up next i have a question for you whose fans are more uneasy today the lakers the rams or the raiders we'll touch on that on the other side but first a look at traffic with kiki as scott lied to us about not drinking for the next year 10 seconds on the clock how many things can you name that are always growing your relationships your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. By the way, Laura's not here today. Uh, Jorge Briones is in today. Hey, so now you can, you can make fun of her just while she's not here. 
Situation. Nah, I'm good. Then she takes it all personal, and that eh, just becomes this big thing. I don't want to deal with it. Okay. Well, or she's hey, definitely you know, listening for sure, so yeah, she's going to yeah, be texting yeah, yeah. if you say anything. Oh, she's already texting. Trust. Oh. Jorge, I'm go. getting a lot of people leaving me messages on my Instagram account when I put out that picture of me with Canelo and this group of guys. Yeah. I've been told that I am now honorary Mexicano. There you, you go. go. Hanging out with Canelo Alvarez. Nice style. You made it. <laughs> That's right. I made it. Yeah. We give you a Mexican card. Hey, but read, read the tweet I sent you. It's only yeah. honorary, though. Yes, right. It is honorary. Um, what was the tweet you sent me? I, so I, so he, he posted a picture, and then I said, oh, was this before or after your magic show in downtown Las Vegas? <laughs> 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 hey, George, you'll love this. You ready? Uh, so last night, as I told you the story about trying to manipulate to get Canelo Alvarez out of the, the place so that I could get the group of guys that I was with to get on a plane and get back, um, so last night I'm walking through the casino and I'm kind of walking at a fast pace cuz I'm I'm with a group of guys. Who do I run into of all people in the world? Of all the people in the world in Vegas, uh David Blaine. No, good guess. Good guess. Okay. Hold on. Uh David Copperfield. Speaking of These magicians. are phenomenal magician guests and yes. I would have loved to have seen my fellow magicians in Vegas oh, last night. Okay, no. okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me think. Uh Carrot Top. Carrot Top is a that's a great guess because he he could be walking around. You know? <laughs> Carrot Top. <laughs> it could have been Donny Osmond. You know, it could have been Sting. It could have been anybody who's got kind of a house show. Of all the people on planet Earth that uh-huh. are walking around the Bellagio Casino at about ten thirty PM last night, mm-hmm. who do I run into? Yeah. Lindsay freaking baseball. Wow, Lindsay, what were you doing there? Yep. Well, so one of my friends from high school uh, came to L.A. because he's moving. He's, he's in the Army, and he's helping one of his Army buddies move back from uh, one of their Army bases out there. I don't know where it is, but it's, it's in between uh, L.A. and Vegas. So he's helping one of his friends move back, and I haven't seen him in like a year or two. So he's like, oh, I'm going to stop by and see you, and we're going to hang out all weekend. And then he decided um, he wanted to take me on a helicopter ride. Um, because you know, he's in the army and he's got, he's got hookups with helicopters and stuff. So we went in the army helicopter, uh, to Vegas and we just went there for the day Saturday, uh, came back super early this morning. Wait, wait, and, but, I, flew, but I did. Wait, you flew an army helicopter to Vegas? Yeah. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. And how'd you get was, back? Well, I flew back on like commercial this morning. Oh, okay. But you took an yeah. army helicopter to my... Vegas. That's so rad. Yeah, he. I mean, we were going. The plan was, I guess, he wanted to like go over the Grand Canyon, but mm-hmm. uh, I guess for time purposes, we could only go over like the Red, Red Rock area. Yeah. But that was still really, really cool. So hung out there all day yesterday, um, and then you know left this morning, and it was fun. It was a fun, nice little short trip. That was a cool, cool guy. Well, that sounds night. fun. Um, yeah, it was so, awesome. So let me ask you a question because I, I asked the question before the break, and I want to get to that in a second. But I do want to tease a couple of things. Number one, it is Million Dollar Monday. What does that mean? Very simply, 710 ESPN is the only station giving you a chance to win a million dollars. It's not a national contest. So you got to listen to the show closely. Every Monday around 545, we're going to ask you a show-related trivia question, okay? Uh, the first person to answer that correctly will win Rams tickets and a shot at a million bucks. Right now, we got two tickets to Rams-Jaguars on December 5th at SoFi, plus your chance at a million dollars. How do you win the million dollars? If you win the Rams tickets, we're going to give you a chance to give us your Super Bowl prediction. You give us the two teams and the score. And in February, if you nail it, you nail the scores – and the two teams, you're going to win a million dollars. So if you say 
the two teams that are in it and the actual scores that both teams have, you're going to win a million dollars. Also at 4.30, LeVar Ball is supposed to join us today. Uh, Lindsay has booked that. We'll see if uh, if LeVar hangs out uh, because LaMelo is in town. So we will uh, we'll maybe get a chance to talk to LeVar about LaMelo and Lonzo and the boys and how they're all doing. But let, let's get to sports here. It's been 21 minutes, and I would imagine at some point we probably need to talk some sports. Um, as much as Kaplan's uh, trip and uh, Dalian's to Vegas are fun, uh, I don't think people are here uh, considering the way things have gone this weekend for the teams of uh, that people prefer here. I don't know if they want. <laughs> I don't know, George. Just remember, can, just any time I say the word Canelo, that means I'm talking sports. Just so you know, I understand, but not really. <laughs> you weren't really talking sports. Uh, so anyhow, who who's more uneasy today? Lakers fans, Rams fans, or Raiders fans? I'm going to say Rams fans. Really? Yep. Why? Because I think the Rams last night, the fan base, had a an injection of some unfortunate reality last night. Because I've been talking for the last few weeks saying that in the middle of the season, the Rams had an extended preseason. They beat the lowly New York Giants, who obviously beat the Raiders yesterday. They squeaked by the Lions, who played their heart out, gave it everything they got, and emptied the kitchen sink. And then they beat the worst team in pro football. That's the Texans. So the Titans come to town without Derrick Henry, and I think that most of us thought that the Rams would win this game. I actually thought the Titans would cover, but I thought the Rams would win. How could you not have your best player and still win this game when you have to travel so far, play at night, etc.? Whatever. I think that Rams fans should be looking now at the Rams and the opportunity that was missed because the Packers lost yesterday. And surprisingly, Arizona dominated yesterday without their starting quarterback. You, you just look at what happened. Matthew Stafford didn't have a good game. They were completely over-penalized. Uh, they lost a home game to a team that's good, but I'm not so sure the whole country thought the Titans were the best team in the AFC and I don't know who the best team is right now. Well, the Titans actually have the best record against winning teams in the sport. Um, well, the Titans have had a great year, and they've come up with some really big wins that went against Buffalo a few weeks ago. The total devastation and destruction of Kansas City. The Titans are good. Yeah. But were they that good to be Well, I, I mean, look, Matthew Stafford had a crappy game. Like, that's just the reality of it. So, uh, you know, especially that first quarter. Um, and, and look... I Here's what I would say. My answer is not the Rams. It's the Lakers. And I'll explain that in a second uh, because you, I do want to get to LeVar on time here. But um, the Ram, here's the situation with the Rams. And I love Sean McVay. Um, and I, I, I'm not Mason. And I'm not, you know, and ask him a question that's going to annoy him. But I would be honest with him on how I feel about this. If you look at Matthew Stafford and the stuff that they've done with him while he's been here, they have kept him in the pocket a ton. And I, I think I heard Al and Chris talk about yesterday that it's something that Stafford is more comfortable with, and I get that. But the the beauty of the Sean McVay offense was all the eye candy, all the movement, all the play action. And in the second half, they started moving uh, Matthew Stafford out of the pocket, and he was much more effective and a lot less mistake-prone. And I think that he is a stationary target in some ways. I know he had a run yesterday for a first down. But he's not necessarily the guy that I want to just drop back every time, especially with no real threat of a run game because Henderson got dinged up. And even when Henderson's been healthy, they haven't been all that good running the ball, I thought. So I just think the Rams need a kind of to look in the mirror and reassess who they want to be on offense. And I think it needs to resemble more what Sean McVay has done in the past than what we've seen to this point in this season. It has worked because they have a lot of talent. 
but I don't think it's exactly what will be a recipe for success for them. I do think it's the Lakers because the Rams are 7-2. and two. They have the third-best point differential in the NFC, and the team with the second-best point differential um, is the Bucks, who they beat, and they seem to own. So, I, I, you know, the Cardinals are good, and but to me, it's the Lakers, dude. They're a disaster right now. They True. need this win against the Hornets so freaking bad that it's not even funny. True. I mean, listen, the, the Lakers on Saturday night, and admittedly, I wasn't sitting around watching the game because I told you where I was at, but to be pounded the way they were, to find themselves down by 30-plus points, it's not that it was surprising that they lost in Portland. I fully expected them to lose given what had been going on with this team. Right, and Anthony Davis throwing up four times before the game or whatever. But, but, but the reason I picked the Rams over the Lakers is because the Lakers are still, this is 10 games into 82. The Rams are now nine games into right. 17. But we, if I had to tell you right now, which team has a better shot of winning a championship, the Rams or the Lakers, who are you saying? Well, I would say the Rams because while the while we have all said that we're going to keep our foot on the brake on, on judging the Lakers too early, especially with so many guys out hurt, um, the LeBron thing and the story today about how long he may be out for, that's got me concerned. Right. He, he may be out longer than the week or two than people thought. Uh, right. and, he, they meet, and they need to be cautious with him. Right. Uh, and, look, and Anthony Davis, same situation. I mean, yeah, he got I mean, thumb and then he got sick, but I'm I, trying I to just temper it. I'm trying to temper that it's only 10 games, even it though is. I think they stink. It is, but I'm telling you, I, I told you last week, I didn't think that this was headed in the right direction. I still feel that way. All right, listen, LeVar's supposed to join us on the other side. Uh, since LaMelo's coming to town, we're going to talk to LeVar. If he's there, cool. If not, we'll keep talking Lakers. Is your vehicle due for service, by the way? Headed to your neighborhood, Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Home with a 15-minute drive-through oil change. For over 30 years, Valvoline has provided quick and convenient automotive maintenance services for busy people just like you. No dragging the kids to a dirty waiting room at Valvoline. You stay in your car nice and safe while the experts make sure your ride is in peak performance. Oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, more. Pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Visit their website, SoCalOilChange.com, for locations and game-winning coupons. All right, LeVar should join us on the other side if not we're going to keep this lakers conversation going don't forget it's million dollar mondays listen throughout the whole show trivia question at 5 45 it's 7 10 espn ticket, 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 ticket. this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple jets is better with the thickest crispiest cheesiest detroit style pizza in the country there's no competition right now get five dollars off any eight corner pizza with code eight save that's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Wow, I hit that on the head. It was like uh, in stereo all of a sudden. It felt like. All right, Lakers Hornets tonight. We'll have coverage for you beginning at 6 o'clock with Sleeve and Michael. LeVar is supposed to join us here. If, uh, you know, if he, if he jumps on, we'll chat with him. If not, it is what it is. Let's talk. continue talking about the Lakers real quick. So, 
I mean, their defense is not good. Russ is is pressing. I don't know what is happening there. Um, and this just this roster is just not that good. Forget the Portland game aside. Like the roster, it, it just doesn't seem to work at the moment. I know we can talk about Taylor Horton Tucker uh, and Kendrick Nunn. They're not. I mean, Taylor will help on defense. But you're asking a lot of a 21-year-old kid to be the basically the savior on defense for them on the perimeter. If if we're all thinking that the Lakers are not good right now, but don't worry because THT's coming back and that's going to save the day, if that's what we all think, then we all live in a fantasy world. Because you're right, he's a young player who's got a couple of years of experience, really about one in total, even though the year before was the bubble and he got a little bit of playing time. But if we think THT is the savior of LeBron James's team, then we got big problems. Well, they're very LeBron dependent right now. That that That's the issue. And, and look, I think the kid's going to be really good. I just think that it's a lot to put on his plate potentially is, is the way I feel. Um, I think the rest of this roster needs to elevate its game outside of Carmelo Anthony and Anthony Davis right now. Well, you say that the Lakers are Lebr- are, are kind of LeBron dependent. How about our 1,000% LeBron dependent? And it's not just, George, to me, it's not just the on-the-floor stuff. It's not just the real basketball stuff. It's the leadership side of things. I've yeah, been, oh, oh, I don't think there's any question about I that. I mean, I've been trying to watch this and figuring out, okay, so LeBron's out. That means AD's going to take over as the leader. Well, um, again, I hate to say it like this, but this is what my eyes are telling me. Anthony Davis may be a great basketball talent, but does that mean that he can lead a team to a championship? He's been on a championship team with LeBron, who's proven that he can lead a team to a championship. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, we'll, we, you know, we... That it's hard when you're not controlling the ball. And speaking of controlling the ball, the young man will be controlling the ball for the Hornets tonight. Hometown kid Lamelo Ball will be at Staples taking on the Lakers. His father, uh, friend of the station, Lavar Ball, joins us now here. Lavar, long time. First of all, it's been so long that I want to tell you this: I still wear the Big Baller brand T-shirt you gave me and Keyshawn and LZ like three or four years, five years ago. I don't know what the hell it was now. And I, it is still a conversation piece every time I wear it anywhere. That's what I'm talking about. Big ball of status apparatus. <laughs> yeah. All right. So tell me about LaMelo right now. Um, you know, yesterday he's out there. They've, they've, they've struggled a little bit. They're a young squad, but he's been balling out. But I thought he made an interesting comment yesterday. And I don't think it was a shot other than he's just being honest that he felt maybe he should have came in a little earlier yesterday against the Clippers in the fourth quarter, and maybe they wouldn't have blown that lead. How do you feel about what the, the young man said? Exactly. If you're smart, you start mellow every fourth quarter no matter what. If he's the best in the starting team, tell me which one is the best in the starting team. Don't start the fourth quarter. Come on. Mellow in the win, but if you take him out, when you, but you see, here's the thing, too. If you don't start him in the fourth quarter, and, and this team is really doing their thing, and then you, you bring him in with six minutes left, they're already in a rhythm. Why are you don't bring him in when they're already in a rhythm ready to win to just to play guys? There's only two reasons you take a guy out. One is if he's tired. Two, if he's not performing. That's the only times you take him out. You don't take him out just because of the time, and that's how they kind of coach. That's why you're not going to win games like that. You're not going to finish games. 
because you don't have a, a stable relationship. And you say, you know what? I'm going to start every fourth quarter with my starters and let them ride it out. If they're in a good rhythm, let them finish the game. If they're not, guys tired, not doing nothing, then you might try to stick a spark in there. But other than that, if you're up 10 or 12, that team that got you up 10 or 12 is usually doing good. But you don't have to be like some of these coaches who act like they're coaching. They're like, oh, I've got to get my star players back in. Why? They've been sitting on the bench all this time. You should have started them like that. So Mark, it is what it is. You, you, you're jumping in here in the middle of a conversation we were having about the Lakers and their early season struggles. I want to get your opinion on the Lakers, and the reason I'm asking it is because it's a follow-up here about what's going to happen tonight with Charlotte. So just give me what you think about what's happened with the Lakers in the first five games. The first five games. Or ten games, right? They got the names. They got the names, but you got to understand this. This basketball, it's a young man's game. (laughs) So you can get all the old timers you want. They're going to break up sooner or later. And then, you know, I don't think superstars, you have to have a time to mesh. And it's cool when you're doing the USA, USA team. Everybody there only for a short period. And they're playing together. But when you're on a team like that and try to put it together, it never works. Okay. So, so here's the thing. The Lakers have lost twice this year to Oklahoma City. Once they had a 26-point lead, the next game at Staples Center, this is last Thursday, they had a 19-point lead. Do you think, and I'm wondering if you're talking to your guys, Guys don't seem to be even remotely intimidated in any way by the age and the superstar names that are part of this Laker roster. What do you say about that, given this game against Charlotte tonight? These young guys want to make a name of their own. Ain't nothing like going against an old champion. That's how you get your stats up. (laughs) Go against the best when they were the best in their era. So you can still say, I beat them. Just like Hey, like Larry Holmes beating up on Muhammad Ali. You beat up on Muhammad Ali when he was old and out, out the way. Sounds good. It's good for your resume. That's the only reason we know you. So <laughs> guess what? These youngsters are coming at them on, on, on scrub teams that can't play. But if you're young, you're trying to make your name, I want to go against the best guys. So I can say I was killing LeBron. I was killing AD. I was killing Carmelo. You know, Russell Westbrook couldn't hold me because these are big-name guys. So, hey, man, when you got that hey, so-called big X on your back, like they say the big baller put the X on his son's back, now these guys got the X on their back. How's that? Now, it's fascinating, LeVar, because, you know, Charlotte surprised a lot of people last year in ways. You know, like I think that people didn't know what to expect because, as you mentioned, a young squad, right? A lot of young squads generally lose. Now, they, they played much better down the stretch as they gelled. Uh, and got better uh, throughout the season. So there was a little bit of a target on their back this season. And while they start off a little hot, they've kind of hit a little little trouble here, right? And that happens with young teams and any team for that matter, but specifically young teams. How do they get out of this? No, How does LaMelo and company get out of this? Let me tell you what, what happens. You see, this is the narrative. Everybody likes to say when they're doing bad, it's a young team. No, no, no. The team ain't got nothing to do. They know how to play basketball. It's the young coaching experience. The coaching experience, the coaching is bad. That's all. They they gotta they gotta get in tune with these young guys early. Now you you want to win, you gotta play mellow. Let him go. Mellow's a winner. He's gonna get them wins. But if you're used to coaching a, a, a certain type of way, it's it's, it's different. And I, that's why I think the chemistry has to. They gotta really trust mellow, and it's hard when you come from uh, like Borrego. He comes from top guys. Where you're talking with, with with the so-called Spurs, okay? But that era is gone now. You got to relate to these young superstars now, these phenoms that can really play. 
But you don't believe they can play because you're caught up on their age. If you so, don't sub Melo and let him play that old game and you tell him go get you that victory, oh, he's going to keep his foot on his throat. And he's going to come out with the victory. But you got to trust him more. you got to let him go. That's the thing. But a lot of these guys are so stuck on, ah, we've never done that before. They're just young. You stop giving an excuse they're young. You want them young. How about I give you some old guys and guess what you got? The Lakers. So, LeVar, you, you've seen Odell Beckham's father, you know, kind of get involved in his business. Um, you've seen Tom Brady's father have comments publicly kind of getting into their business. A, are you talking to Charlotte's management about your dissatisfaction with coaching? And B, are you recommending that you should take over as coach of the team? <laughs> I wouldn't recommend taking over as coach of the team. The only way I'm a coach if I coach all three of my boys and I'll run through the NBA hey, blindfolded. Here's the thing. I only interact with them coaches. I only have my opinion of it and I see why they're winning and losing. If you want to take my advice, you're going to win. You don't take my advice, you're going to lose. But either way, I'm still going to be building the big bowler brand, and that's what I'm concentrating on. I'm not concentrating. People say, LeVar, you know so much. Why don't you coach, man? Hey, what guy who owns a brand you know, coach? That's true. You were man- but well, look. The, but the you know the owner of the team has a pretty big brand himself. Um, and uh, I did see though that him and Lamelo have hit it off very well. I mean, Michael Jordan obviously knows a star when he sees one. Um, but what what has that relationship been like um, for your family and and Michael? Oh, I don't know. I ain't talked to Mike. I ain't seen Mike. You know, but he got a deal. He got my son. But you, I don't know how much he's dealing with him because if the attitude he had, he would have been like, hey. Treat this guy like it would be me. Play him the whole game and let's win. <laughs> so now, you've not let, talked to him at all. You've not you've not had any interaction. Not a phone call. Not a text. Not an in person get together. No, with Michael no, Jordan? no, 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 not with Mike. Mike, no. If we ever get in touch, man, they might want to see that one on one game. You know what I do? Oh, the legacy would be over. <laughs> LeVar, are you crazy, man? LeVar Ball with us here. Uh, all right, so how's Lonzo do it, man? That squad is balling right now, too. Now, that now that team, to me, is very intriguing because that team I, I, is for sure a playoff team in my, in my estimation, and they are still getting better. Like, they're just getting together. I think that team can gel and be a team that can be reckoned with in the Eastern Conference. How's Lonzo doing, and how do you feel about that squad? Lonzo doing all right. You ain't going to never get the best out of Lonzo until you put him with one of his brothers. Well, I, I, I train those guys by themselves. They're good. When you put them all together, they're great. Trust and believe that. But Lonzo's doing all right. You know, Lonzo plays better with, with, with underdogs. All throughout his life, he always had teams that was like, ah, this team is really not that good. And then and see what them superstars got to understand. Give Lonzo the ball and let him do what he got to do to get you guys to do it. Because they're very easy to beat, as you can see now. Double team DeMar and double team Zach at the end. And they're going to try to force it because they're built to close games. But not knowing, hey, you got to get that ball to Zoe and let him pass it to different people to make them in that game. Right now, I see what's happening. Even at the end, Zoe's was like, here, go stand in the corner. If y'all throw it to me, I'll try to knock down a shot. They're too predictable right now. But see, when you guys check this team out, I'll tell you the best team that, that they can't touch on the Chicago Bulls. Zoe at the one, and they got that, that young boy. What's his name? Uh, Io. Io Jones. Oh, the kid Green, from Illinois, right, yeah. Tony Bradley. Yeah. And Tony Bradley. Put those guys on the court and you're going to finish. Because guess what? 
ain't no you can't you can't lock in on nobody because you don't know who the star is. Alonzo will get the ball and all them dudes gonna play defense first. And now you got them running and jumping, and you got but you, nobody has the the so called built in ego because these guys are just trying to play hard. So you get those guys, and there's no no set play where it's like, oh, who gonna get this ball? You don't know. And Alonzo gonna find them targets, and you gonna be like, God dang. All these guys long, fast, and play defense, and we don't know who the star is. So guess what? You're going to end that game very easily. Colombo took Chino Hill to championship. You don't know who the star is. One senior on the team. He go to UCLA, do the same thing. So now these underdogs, they're playing at a high level. And then when you get into the pros, now look what he did in Las Vegas Summer League. He killed it because y'all don't know who the star is. But it's all doing his thing. When the season starts, you have to bring in LeBron, and you got other people to deal with. And then, then when you go to New Orleans, you got to deal with another two students. So you got England and Zion. Now you're over here. Chicago's the same thing. You got to deal with Zach and, and uh, the other kid. I mean, you got to deal with Zach and DeMar. Right. And, yeah. and you know, like I said, Alonzo's been noticed to playing with, with, with guys who's, who's very talented but not known. And that's how they be successful. Hey, LeVar, are you going to the game tonight? You going to be in Staples Center? Oh, you know, I got two. Okay, you'll be there. You'll be rocking the the, the triple B. Now, now, now. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, will will the Hornets, will LaMelo and company snap that losing streak or what? Or are the Lakers going to win? I mean, this is. Here here it is. You you can count count me on this. If 40 minutes or more, you guarantee to win. If you don't win and play in 40 minutes, I will jump off the roof on my knees and I won't even put my feet down. Why would you do that? <laughs> you Just to show you that it's a guarantee. I wouldn't do that. That's what I'm saying. I got to win. You're going to win. But that's okay. how sure I am of a win. If you, if, you, if you play my boy 40 plus, you're going to get the win. You're not going right. to lose. 40 plus. In LA. I'll make I'll make sure to keep tabs on how many minutes he plays, and we'll we'll see if your prediction comes true. By the way, congrats on Leangelo. I know he had a great G League debut, had twenty two points, nine of thirteen, and uh, you know maybe he makes that that squad sooner or later. So, and he I, I saw him at yeah. summer league too. I know he played well there as well. So, congrats, hey, congrats on all the success brothers, with you and the boys. Winning. Put in with his brothers, but I hey, I love y'all style. Keep doing what you're doing. All right, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you. So all right, y'all take brothers. care. Are you two, I, all three brothers and LeVar coaches? Yes. That, well, that's a, it's the only way he would do it, he said. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. Wouldn't do it for two of three. He'd only do it for three of three. Three of three. So if you're an NBA GM out there and you're trying to make that happen, you know, you know that's how it works. Wow. So. Going to be there tonight promoting the Triple B, George. Yeah. Big ball. It is brand. true. Every time I, I still have that T-shirt he gave me, and um, it is a conversation piece every time I wear it somewhere. God, I missed their show on Facebook. I know you don't have Facebook, but it was a great show on Facebook. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. You know, I, I, you know, I saw the clips on like other social media outlets. It was like living with the balls, you know, it was yeah. like, it was like you're in their house every day. Yeah. Uh, but what did you make of what he had to say about the Lakers? I mean, he basically says, look, man, you know, you put stars together. It doesn't work. It, I wouldn't say it doesn't always work. I felt like that was an exaggeration. It's worked plenty. Um, but it, it isn't a guarantee, though. I, I do think he's right about that. Yeah, I, 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 listen, I think that we all got so hyped up when the Lakers go into the offseason and they make all these moves and they bring in these names. And when you're a Laker fan and a Laker supporter, you believe. 
You know, you believe in LeBron, you believe in Rob Palenka, you believe in Coach Vogel to some extent, and you just you just want to believe that the championship belongs to the Lakers. And I know we've kind of said we're going to be patient, and first we said we'll give it 20 games. You weren't here last week, George. I was like, nah, maybe I should give it like 41 games. Maybe I should wait till midway point of the season. But right now, through 10 games, what I've seen so far, they stink. And, and what bothers me about it is, is that you, you brought in Russ because you knew LeBron would probably miss time. Right. I think that they were going to be cautious with him anyway. And yes, and, and it's, it hasn't worked out. Like Russ was brought here because Le, when, when last season, when LeBron was healthy, they were the second best team offensively when he was on the floor, 28th whenever he was off the floor. And Russ was supposed to fix that. Well, I can only say this. Through 10 games, um, what I was worried about with Russell Westbrook is precisely what has happened meaning I just didn't know if he could fit into the chemistry of the team. And we can sit here and break down all day long how he's playing, how he's shooting. I mean, that game last week where he lost control of the ball against Oklahoma City and the ball went bouncing over the hoop. And then he took this, you know, this long three when Carmelo was on fire and he was just, you know, I mean, it was just a total brick. Um, and then him getting, you know, really antsy with the media after the game. I mean, it's just through 10 games, this thing looks terrible. Now, there's a lot of basketball to be played. Yeah. There's guys that have to get healthy. There's guys that have to come back. But through the first 10 games, horrible. Yeah, and I don't think this particular roster is going to be able to make it work. Like, they're going to need to make some moves. I don't think there's any denying that at this point. That's just me personally. Now, look, people are not necessarily thrilled with Frank Vogel. We'll get into that. I feel like that's somewhat unfair. And also, is there a problem for the Raiders in Vegas specifically? In this, having them in the city of Vegas, is this becoming a bigger problem than they can handle? We'll get to all that coming up in the next hour. Radio Tinder at 5.30. Don't forget Million Dollar Mondays, your chance to win a million dollars at 5.45. So you got to listen to the whole show for the show trivia. All that coming up in a couple minutes. 